everyone knows suicide is massive. The reason why, we don't know. People get down, they get depressed for various reasons, Adam. They just don't want that pain. I've been there. I know what that pain is like. I've been suicidal. I know what it's like to want to end that everyday feeling and everyday the, the same pain and it just doesn't go away. So you want it to go away. So you, you just don't want to be here. That's why maybe I do what I do. Because I do know how they feel. And I can empathise with them. And the majority of the lads probably do as well. Walking around the bridges and keys along the river in Limerick City, the same things stand out to most people. Bars and cafes, restaurants, nightclubs, statues and sculptures of local heroes like Terry Wogan and Anthony Foley. You see ducks and swans competing for the food people throw them, and locals dining outdoors sipping coffees and cocktails. Most of all, you see life. The city's riverside tells a story of a multicultural melting pot brimming with vigour. But if you take a moment to look a little longer, that same riverside tells a very different story. You'll see lifebuoys emblazoned with signs and stickers with slogans like You don't have to be alone, urging passers-by to call the Coast Guard in case of emergency. A weather-worn teddy bear next to a cable-tied sign reminding anyone who sees it that their family and friends love them. A van parked with prominence like a billboard that reads Talk to us above the Samaritan's contact details 116123. Looking longer still, you see the track marks of a hidden burden rippling beneath the city's surface. On one corner of the river, a framed picture of a young woman sits discoloured and sun-bleached, surrounded by broken flower pots and fairy lights, reeds in the shape of children's toys. A few hundred metres from that, the same thing, this time with a tin plaque that appears to have been hand-cleaned not too long ago, perched above battery-powered candles and a string of personalised ornaments. One of them reads, every little thing is going to be alright. Not far from the busy outdoor dining spots, a small bouquet of white, wilting flowers are taped to the railings that block entry to the river. Attached to them, a hand-cut in-memoriam from a local newspaper with a picture of a bearded man smiling happily. It's got Motley Crue lyrics on it above a reminder that the man's family will never forget him. These people, and many more like them, lost their lives in the river they're now memorialised by. Between 2010 and 2015, Limerick City consistently had the highest suicide statistics in Ireland, a grim title it's held again between 2018 and today. Most people in Limerick know this. They don't talk about it all the time, but when they hear a helicopter flying overhead by the river, they have a shared sense of what that means. Some call it the mechanical banshee. In the shadow of this sad fact, as suicide numbers in the city began peaking, figures began appearing by the river, decked in neon and carrying all manner of life-saving equipment. They're volunteers. They walk the quays and banks seven nights a week, performing what they call interventions with people in distress. In simpler terms, they listen to anyone who needs to talk. In the decades since they began these river patrols, they've become known by locals as the River Angels for the important work they do in suicide prevention in the city. Across five nights patrolling the quays and a number of extended interview sessions, I got to know the River Angels in an effort to understand who they are, what they do and why they do it. What follows is their story. These river patrols were set up more than a decade ago by a man named Trevor Corbett. One team member, Dave Toomey, who patrolled with Trevor in the early days, tells me how they came about. Trevor was over a few Mertries in town and basically he witnessed some event going on in the river. Basically himself and his friend went over and found out that a person had entered the water. Trevor went over a few Mertries and he said, look, you know what, there's no one 
doing anything for suicide in Limerick. So he set and his few mates went away, organised the group and set up suicide prevention in Limerick. Because going back at that time, 2008, 2009, there was a, a boom of suicides in Limerick. That's why he needed to get up and do something. So the family just said, look, I'm going to begin suicide prevention for Limerick and make it stronger and build a suicide prevention because there was no one there to help anyway. There was no one there to go down and say, do you need help? Trevor Corbett himself died by suicide in 2012, only a short while after founding the patrols. In the wake of that, two separate groups were spawned to continue the work he started, Limerick Suicide Watch and Limerick Treaty Suicide Prevention. Between them, they patrolled the quays and river walkways of the city seven nights a week. Out on patrol with Limerick Suicide Watch, on a busy part of the river beside a bustling nightclub, a young man approaches the team. Giving them a little space to do what they do best, I took one member aside to ask what the usual process for an intervention is and what they talk about. Yeah, so in that case it looks like the guy approached us. So that's always a good sign. That means that he obviously wants to talk about whatever's troubling him. So the first thing you do is just ask what is the problem. Secondly, quite quickly you'll want to know do they have any suicidal ideas? Um, are they intent to going into the water? If not, do they have a plan made? If they do have a plan, you want to know what the plan is and why. Once you do kind of find out what it is, you then want to know how can we solve it. Is it a case for the services that they might need to travel to hospital? Is it a case that may be assessed by a doctor? If the person is aggressive, or maybe if they're underage or if we have a concern for their welfare, we might call the guardy. In this case, it doesn't look like that's going to be the cause. The gentleman seems quite calm, quite happy to chat. And again, because he approached us, that's always a really positive sign. If anyone was to ever enter the water, we'd be calling the Coast Guard and the Fire Service, but thankfully there are two services we use quite rarely, as opposed to the ambulance service in Gardaí, which we could use regularly and numerous times each night. How do you know when an intervention like this, where it's not a crisis situation, it's, not, it's just someone who needs to talk, how do you know when that conversation is done? So I suppose you know it's done when you are confident that this person, firstly, is not suicidal, does not intend on entering the water. If ever someone does have those ideas or that is their intention, we would not be leaving them. They would be going home with a family member, a friend, or the guardian or ambulance service. If they are not suicidal and they just want to chat, maybe something's troubling them, maybe they just had a bad day. You'd spend as long talking to them as was necessary. And at the end, if they were in a much better mood, much better mindset, thinking kind of much more positively, then I suppose it would naturally come to a conclusion. You know, they're happy to go home. They've had a bit of a chat. They no longer have any issues. And at no point did they say they were suicidal. As I said, if they ever are suicidal, we're never going to be sending them away on their own. The ideal is always it will be family or friends. Because I suppose for us it means that there is someone at home who knows what's going on, knows the situation and is there to help and support. If they are going home with the Gardaí or ambulance service, like those are services which are extremely stretched and have a hundred and one other things to be doing. So they will take them to a hospital or to a doctor, but same as ourselves. After that, they have no idea what's going to happen next, like we don't have any idea what's going to happen next. Whereas the family or friend will be there, whether it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months of a journey, they'll be there for all of it. So the ideal would always be family and friends, but that's not always possible. So in those cases, it would be the guardian or ambulance, but the emergency services are always a last resort. Though the two Limerick groups are separate and independent of one another, their processes and aims with interventions are the same. Approach... Talk, assist. Stephen McGuan of Limerick Treaty Suicide Prevention explained the importance of being direct with people they encounter, getting straight to the heart of things. 
When you first started asking that question, are you thinking of suicide? How does that sit with you? Like, is that an awkward question to ask? Would have been at the start. So you approach someone and, and you'll find it difficult to communicate with them. But you're also trying to, you know, you're trying to put yourself and them at ease. And maybe you're trying to be too nice in doing it. After a while then you get experience, like the lads here have experience. And, and you, you go on and you ask them, are you having suicidal thoughts? You know, as, as um, Amy said, like, you know, are you trying to do something silly? Like, that was okay at the start, but now you have to be very direct with someone because you're in an awkward position with those people who, who may be in a very bad place or a dark place. So I think the questions you have to ask them, you have to be very direct. I have no issue, you know, at the moment with somebody who I think is acting in a kind of a, an unusual manner or something and say, okay, you know, have you got suicidal thoughts? And eventually they'll come out and they say, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling good today, maybe, you know, I don't, you know, I want to do something. And you have to go in then, where it's an Irish thing to say, Asher, look, you'll be grand, you'll be all right. Yeah. Whereas now you have to come across and say, have you got suicidal thoughts? And if they come across and say yes, then your next question should be, how are you going to do it? And have you got the, the tools to do it? You know, they may have a rope, they may have something, they may want to jump in. So you have to be very direct in ask, asking those questions. I actually didn't expect you to follow up with that. Yeah. Why is that second question important? Asking them about the plan. Because now you're getting on a, a footing with them whereby you're being very honest with them. So your expectation is that they're going to be honest with you. Also, by asking that question, have you got a plan? You know, it'll give you an idea in your head how far down the road they are. You know, because somebody may be having a bad day and we, you know, just might want to be left alone. But if somebody is there and they've already admitted that they have suicidal thoughts, now they're admitting they've got a plan. You know, they're gone down the line. You know, they, they, this didn't happen tonight or tomorrow. It takes a lot for somebody to think about that and then to put things in place whereby they want to do, actually do what they, they have in mind. Would that change how you treat someone? If someone says, I know how I'm, how I'm going to do it, or someone says, I don't know how I'm going to do it, are there different processes then? No, the process, no. The only process we have here speaking to people like that is communication, which is key. You know, it's not going to change our way of dealing with the person, whether they have a plan or not. But if the person does say to you, well, I have a plan, and even, even given the circumstances, if they say to you, well, I'm suicidal and I don't have a plan, well, then you're still going to call the, the guards. They're admitting that they're in a space where they want to do something that there's no way back. Both groups say that the intensity of interventions varies a lot. Mild interventions can involve simply talking to someone who appears down or distressed, helping them to process their thoughts and feelings before sending them home safely for the night. More serious interventions can involve physically restraining people or even pulling them from the water, as Limerick Treaty Suicide Prevention's Dave Toomey explains. I was up here on a time break with seven and because driving down past Bantons and a couple pulled us and said there was actually a girl gone into the water. So my seven cause you went to a zone, you know, we use our training for what we're doing. So we were doing what we're doing, unfortunately, when I was deploying my line, he didn't get her because she was turned in. So he went up trying to grab the ring boy, he couldn't do anything. So what I did was I went up onto the bridge so I can give eyes because he was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. But thank God, cause got her. He bowed her and he brought her in. Unfortunately, she was trying to climb over the water, all the things. So I was walked on to cause. I had no choice but to enter the water, basically go into the water and hug onto her and bring her in and keep her there until the emergency services came. Unfortunately, we're not supposed to go into the water because the Abbey River is the most dangerous river in Limerick. You don't know what way it is. But look, the girl's okay now, at least. She's at home, she's got a family, she's got kids. Her life changed. Obviously, the emergency services weren't happy because of what I did. Because 
If something happened to that girl, then I'm responsible. But look, I have to do it again, I'll do it again. That girl's in front of me, I'm here, I'm here. What happened if she drowned in front of me? I did nothing. You've been the public there looking at you, saying, yeah. why didn't you do anything? I said, look, I'm not allowed. Unfortunately, I couldn't do that. I couldn't watch a girl down. But this is what we're here to do. We're here to save people. We're here to help people, you know. And unfortunately, like I said, if I have to do it again, I'll do it again. If I have to go into the water to help someone, I'll do it. Out on patrol with Limerick Suicide Watch, it's becoming increasingly clear that the city relies on these groups for more than suicide interventions. Driving on the outskirts of the city, a call comes in from Bravo team. A man is disturbing two young women on the keys. Perfect, we'll do that. We'll have a word and shove him on. Over. So, basically, Bravo are with uh, two females and they were getting a bit of hassle off a male. So they just intervened. So the male is left now and Bravo are just going to stay with the two females to see that if they're okay. And now Alpha are going to go up to the male and just see what the story is. And would this be a regular occurrence that this becomes part of patrols? It wouldn't, but to be fair, like we wouldn't, like if we were stopped by a member of the public that needed help, even though like it mightn't be anything, you know, they're not feeling suicidal or they don't want to chat or anything, they're just feeling uncomfortable, we would do our best to help them. Catching up with Bravo team, it turned out the man's ire was more directed at Bravo themselves than the two young women. Can you talk me through what happened on, on your end? We, we met a, uh, a gentleman who was obviously inebriated, but he was fine to talk to. It seemed fine. He was talking about the history of this actual part of Clancy Strand. And the next thing, we went in our merry way. We left him and just got abusive. Then all of a sudden there was two young girls and he said, why were we leaving them? That they could jump in the river. And basically we said, we, we can't. Obviously, um, the girls are fine. We've asked them. They're actually fine. They were, which they were. He had a lot of drink in him. So, and a lot of the time, any people we meet, it's because of drink. Unfortunately, he wasn't being aggressive to the girls. He was trying to protect them. That was the whole idea. He thought they were by the river to jump in. Which, because he was so drunk, basically, um, he was seeing things that weren't really there. Uh, the girls were perfectly fine, but for their safety, we couldn't leave them on their own. They were under 18, they were 17, so he wouldn't go home. So we ha basically had to say to the girls, look, would you mind moving? Because he's not going to shift otherwise. It wasn't a time to call the guards, you know, because he didn't threaten anybody. He wasn't, you know, aggressive in that way. We dealt with it as best we could, so they're gone home and they're fine. And he's gone home, thank God, and he's fine. Good outcome. Sitting down with the Limerick Treaty Suicide Prevention Team, they explain that it isn't just Limerick people they encounter during interventions. Sometimes they meet people from neighbouring counties too, and recently, with an influx of Ukrainian citizens coming to the city, a new concern is beginning to ferment, bringing with it new responsibilities for the groups. They can come from any site. One instance, a young from Cork, England, we pulled a girl there from... County-wise as well? County. We, we, yeah, we, we took a girl down from... She was actually from Western America there last year. We were on a night out. I'm not sure what member it was, but there was actually a person taken down off the bridge. She was actually from America. And lately, we have some Ukrainians doing it. Only just last week. Yeah. That's becoming prevalent. And without identifying, is there something that they tell you that you think is a specific trigger for them? Well, last week... She heard the helicopter. Okay. And that triggered her. 
She started getting panic attacks. She really worked herself up into a tizzy. So the guards was called straight away. Like we thought at one stage she was actually going to die because her lips and all started going purple. She was just so terrified. Josephine Corbett of Limerick Treaty Suicide Prevention is no stranger to the stark reality of interventions on the river. She and the group's chairman Matt Collins explain one recent encounter with a young woman who wanted to end her life. We'll take one instance. Yeah, a couple of weeks back, six she was weeks ago. hospital and she wanted to come over with us. <laughs> but we were kind of insisting that she didn't come over with us because she was only after being released from hospital. She was over right. and we saw two young girls arguing. Down by the Corrigal. Down by the Corrigal. And in a split second, it, we took the Tom Devane, the girl was in the river. Yep. You know, I'm trying to get her out now. It was really hard, like it was very hard. But we did manage. You know, we had her wrapped up in ropes, pulling and dragging and trying to keep her up when she was going under. But we got her out. But I'm saying, this is how fast it happened. Just a split she second. She was over the barriers and she was supposed to be taking it easy, like after getting a problem with her heart. And I thought, geez, I'm worrying about the woman. I'm and worrying about worried, he was worried about Because her husband is going to say to me, why the hell did we let her off? We must have a nice peaceful evening. Like. We were just in the right place at the right time. We got her out. And there was a good group of people gathering. Yeah, two guys jumped in. But I just said, lads, listen, one voice. Because yeah. she couldn't focus. There was too many. But they did stop and they just let me talk away to her. Yeah, Grabbed the rope, grabbed the rope, she grabbed the rope and the two lads then went in and oh, lifted yeah. her up. They went in and lifted her up and then we couldn't get them out. Couldn't get them out, so that there's three in the river. That's where you, you have to be cautious. But the lads knew the river, thank God, because yeah, the one guy got himself out and just walked back home. Yeah. yeah. But we got that young girl out. She just latched onto me. She would not let go. She was apologising. She was sorry. She did get in touch with me about a week later. She found me on Facebook for some reason and thanked us she couldn't be more thankful but has that happened to you before that someone would reach out and say thank you oh god yeah 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 loads of times but the way she put her story and i did meet her she kept apologizing apologizing i said you've not to be sorry for love nothing at all once we got her out and everything and the ambulance and the fire brigade they were all there even the fireman took off his coat and put it down under my legs he said kneel down there love because she's not letting go of you these stories are really emblematic of the dedication and empathy these people bring to their voluntary work and why in the eyes of the people of limerick they've earned that river angel moniker one thing that really stands out about the people who take on this difficult vocation is how without their shared work on the river it's difficult to say what shared banner would unite them all. Regardless of class, nationality, political beliefs, they're all united in their shared goal of helping people, though their own personal reasons for being there may vary. One particular member, who chose to remain unnamed, tells me about how she came to join up. I actually started with a group a few weeks ago, but um, I did... A few years ago, I had a crisis myself, and these guys really, you know, helped me out in that time. So I just want to give back now that I'm in a good space. When you say they helped you out, like, what do you mean? Is it is that something you are comfortable talking about? Oh yeah, I have uh, I have no problem talking about it. I actually was contemplating myself jumping into the river, and the patrol was out. So they actually from that bridge, they actually talked me out of it and before I realized I was standing at my front door and um, you know now that I've gotten past that I've gotten therapy I've gotten you know I, I changed my life and I just wanted to give something back 
now that I'm in a good space, I just wanted to give back and be part of their community. And it's a really, it's really like a pride moment when I walk over that bridge now in this vest, and it's just, it's just a sort of like, oh my god, this is huge accomplishment. Whatever their individual reasons for joining, these people are united in bringing out the best in their city. It's hard not to be affected by that. As Limerick Suicide Watch Intervention Officer Jason Begley explains, patrol members aren't mental health professionals, nor should they be a replacement for the important services provided by the HSE. But they do provide a crucial safety net for people who feel they have nowhere else to go. It's a voluntary group, yeah. We're all from mixed backgrounds. And none of us are perfect that way. So if anybody gets approached by anybody, we're never going to have the answers to everything. We're not going to be able to fix everything. But we're damn good listeners. And we are all people that have family or friends. So we understand that not everything goes smoothly in anybody's life. And as I say, let them without sin cast the first stone. The other thing I would say to is a lot of the times we get, fair play lads, I couldn't do what you do. You could. You could do it. Some people are in, you know, they work in the, in, in the HSE or they work in private care homes and stuff like that. And there's a bit of a back, some of them have that back. But most of us have, like, we've hairdressers, we've, you know, people that work at courier companies, we've bus drivers, you know, we've everything, childminders, the whole lot. And if you think that you couldn't do it, but you'd like to do it, then do it. That, that's nice. It's, it's rewarding. It's very good. And it's from your own personal point of view and your own personal growth. It's definitely something to consider and if it doesn't work out that's fine it's not depressing you will get the back in 100% by every individual in the group and if you don't then that individual doesn't have a place within the group you know what I mean so because everybody comes together whenever it needs to come together yeah so if you think you want to do it give it a try genuinely If you're facing challenges to your mental well-being, experiencing feelings of suicidal ideation or have been bereaved by suicide, help is out there. Professionally trained therapists are available 24 hours a day at Pieta House on 1800 247 247. You can also call the Samaritans on 116 123.